0: Welcome to Beyond Bite Wings, the business side of dentistry, brought to you by Edwards & Associates PC. Join us as we discuss how to build your dental practice, optimize your income, and plan for your future. This podcast is distributed with the understanding that Edwards & Associates PC is not rendering legal, accounting, or professional advice. Listeners should consult with their business advisors before acting on any of the information that is shared at edwards and associates pc our business is the business of dentistry for help or more information visit our website at enassociates.com.
1: so everyone welcome to the beyond bitewings podcast Tongue tied a little. We have our normal a normal crew here. We have Robert Edwards, Ash Fazula, uh, Christy Smith with Edwards and Associates. And we have a special guest, Linda Allen. <laughs> Hello, Linda.
2: Hello. So happy to be here yes. with you all.
1: Linda is a management consultant for dental practices across the nation. We asked her to come see us today. We've known her for many years, but we asked her to come see us today to talk about staffing issues. Staffing in Your Dental Practice, and we have lots of topics to talk about, general topics, and then we also may devote some episodes to some others later. Robert? Yes? (laughs) (laughs) How are you today? Would you like to start off with Linda and ask her what you would like to know? I've got a list of things, but I thought I'd start with you.
3: Well, I have a list of things, but first of all, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how long you've been doing this and who all you do it for and, you know, all that stuff that nobody wants to hear. Right.
2: So I work with dental offices across the country and I work in the area of team building, communication and profitability. So all the parts that make a dental practice successful. And that's part of what I especially focus on is the team members. And that's what I think we're going to talk about today. So I've done this more years than I will admit to because then you
3: could guess my age and we're not going there. So <laughs> Well, the good thing about this is nobody can see us.
0: <laughs> true, true.
3: <laughs> so tell us what the challenges are these days in in staffing issues. I mean, is it finding people or is it managing the people you have or is it, what is it? What are the, the challenging issues and how did they change as a result of the pandemic?
2: So the challenges are the same that they've been for eons, really finding good people, and keeping your good people motivated and feeling appreciated. So, you know, dental team members are great giving people. They just have to have some acknowledgement back. Sometimes it's in the form of money. Sometimes it's just thank you for a great day. Wow, I saw how you handled that. So acknowledgement's really important. Finding good people is harder since the pandemic because people are keeping their jobs. They're not as motivated now to look for new jobs. They're staying where they are because of the whole question of what's
3: coming. See, I find that very interesting. Since the uh, unemployment rate has doubled, it seems like it would be much easier to find people now. But our clients are telling me the same thing you just said. It's more difficult to find people now, but how do you reconcile that with the fact that there are more people unemployed?
2: Well, there are more people unemployed, but it's not necessarily the people that you would choose to put in your office. So there's a lot of people to talk to But not people that you would choose to hire.
1: It's interesting Mm -hmm. that you say that because I would assume that those that had to be let go from certain businesses were the ones that were not the best, obviously. So it's saturated more with those that don't really know what they're doing Mm
2: -hmm.
1: or don't have the experience or. And in dentistry, we always, when
2: we place an ad, we say Mm -hmm. dental experience, like two years' dental experience, must have front desk experience, must have chair side. And still we get people that have never worked in a dental office. The only time they've been there was to have their own teeth cleaned and they still respond. And so, uh,
3: you know, it's interesting.
2: They
1: think they can do it. Yeah.
3: (laughs) Well, I've heard uh, a different school of thought when you're hiring someone to hire someone with no experience so that you can train them the way you want them. Do you recommend that at all, ever? Yeah, what is it that some of the other consultants say? You can train one thing. I can't remember what the word is. You can train, but you can't create a personality. Right. So they have to have people's you, skills. You can't train that. You can train tasks, but you can't Task, create yes. that
2: yeah. person, you know, yeah. that personality. And that's really important. Customer service is the name of the game these days because there's a lot of dental offices that now have open time in their offices. And so patients can go anywhere. And so keeping that customer service flame alive is very important.
3: So how do you recommend that you're clients create that five-star customer service experience for their patients? So I'm going to just go with, we're
2: hiring somebody who has dental experience. Okay. And when you bring them in for an interview, there's two ways to find people. Let me back up a moment. You can go to an agency where they will pre-screen and vet the people. Some dentists don't have the budget for that in their budget. And so you place an ad. And right now the vehicle of choice is Indeed because a lot of people answer Indeed posts. And so you bring them in to interview before you schedule a working interview and you want to see how they are as people. Do they make eye contact with you? Do they smile? And I always ask them, tell me about your last job. What did you love best? What did you like least? And it gives me kind of an idea about where they're going. If they're going to be a phone person, they say, I hated being on the phone. You know, that's not the person for you. <laughs> um, and people tell you really interesting things. I always ask people, how did you get into dentistry? Like, why did you choose dentistry? And the stories are pretty interesting. I'm not so much listening for the content as I'm just listening for the presentation of it. But again, they have to have spunk. I don't know how else to say that. If they're going to be at a front desk and you've got a busy customer service oriented place, they've got to have patience. They've got to have a smile. They've got to have a heart.
3: So going back to what you do, you work with specialists as well, like pediatric practices and ortho and all the rest or or just general dentists? No, I work with all of them. Okay, because when you said the front desk person, for instance, has to have patients. And I was thinking, yeah, especially if they've got children as patients. It's Uh, not
2: the children they have to have patients with. It's the parents. (laughs) You know, I I heard that yesterday
3: from a client. So I totally. Yeah, Yeah. I agree.
2: (laughs) But pediatric is very Accelerated because they see so many people in a day. Those front desk people especially have to be customer service oriented. Like no should never be the answer. Even if we don't like to see two-year-olds at three o'clock, we say that's not the best time for them. You know, we'd have more energy in the morning. Let's go ahead and get him in the morning. We'll have a better experience as opposed to, no, we don't see two-year-olds at three
3: o'clock. So it's all about customer service. I would think you'd want to see two-year-olds when they have less energy.
1: <laughs> well, they're cranky more though. tolerance, though. More tolerance. <laughs> that's right then they get cranky well,
3: that's why I'm not a pediatric dentist
1: <laughs> <laughs> so Linda when you're trying to find the right people what are the top interview questions that uh, the dentist can
2: so this is a whole different mindset for most dentists most dentists want to try and sell the position to the person mm-hmm. so they want to tell them all about their practice and their background and everything but that's not going to get you a feeling for the person So you want to talk to the person, for example, tell me about yourself. And the question that I used earlier, how did you get into dentistry? Why are you leaving your last position? What do you like best? What do you like least? Tell me what you see in your future. What difference can you make here? They may say, I'm really good at doing recall. I'm really great at getting the hygiene schedule filled. I like calls. I like to win. I like to make, you know, those appointments happen. Well, that tells you high energy and goal-oriented. So that's a good response. So you're always listening to what they say, listening for what is it I'm looking for. And then I strongly suggest, and I get pushback from some of the doctors on this, but I strongly suggest having them in for a working interview because anybody can interview well, but it's when the the rubber meets the road that you Mm -hmm. see it. So they come in for a working interview. They actually do something. They watch, they do. And you evaluate and you have the team evaluate. How did they do? Did they try to pick up the phone or were they on their iWatch all day long talking? (laughs) And so those things are really important.
3: How long should the working interview be? Should it be a, a day, a week, or part of a day or what?
2: Usually I say a day. A half a day is too short because the schedule can change and things can happen. A day is good. And if you like them, but you're just not sure, you might have them back a second day.
3: Okay. Usually not consecutive days though, maybe...
2: It doesn't doesn't matter. Whatever works for you and how many people you have scheduled to come in. Okay.
3: And and a a question I get from a lot of our clients is, where do I find people? You know, you mentioned Indeed, but Mm -hmm. are there any other sources that they can really go to to and expect some success?
2: Well, you know, networking is always the best. So if any of the team members know anybody, I would always go to the team and say, you know, we need to add somebody at the front because we're just getting so busy. Do you know anybody or do you know anybody that knows anybody? And often that's a great source and they're already coming from somebody you trust. So that's typically good because,
3: you know, birds of a feather for you, the most part. You offer them a bonus if they bring somebody in? Well, that would
2: be nice. But oftentimes I can't get the doctor to do that.
3: <laughs> okay. Let me put it this way. Do you recommend? Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: I mean, it's nice, you know? Yeah. It's just nice. And it saves you the expense of an ad. It saves you the expense of running around trying to find somebody agencies are always reliable. And again, it's because they do, they check backgrounds. I do tell doctors, it's real important that you check references and most doctors, former employees, employers won't so much respond to one of your team members calling, but they will respond when the doctor calls. And the most important question, which is the legal one that you can ask is this person up for rehiring? If you were rehiring, would you hire her? And the answer can only be yes or no, quote unquote, legally, Sometimes they give you a lot more information, but <laughs> if the answer is a hesitation or a no, you check her off your list.
3: So, again, you don't really listen for the answer as much as you look for the delivery. Yes. Okay. Yes.
2: <laughs> and, you know, sometimes people just don't get along. It could be that he's high energy and she's not, and it just didn't work. But most times there's a story behind it. So the agencies are great because they screen people for you. You don't have to do that. They check references. They vet the person. They do a background check. So that saves you having to do that. But again, it's a little pricey. So if it's not in your budget, you know you might have to go do it yourself. And do it yourself could be indeed. There's also dental post, which has been successful for a very long time. And you put the post up and then you have to screen through the many responses that you might get. Mm -hmm. You also want your post to be a little different than most, not just dental front office position open full time because people will screen right past that. But if you say, Are you looking for a career opportunity? Are you looking for a position where you'll be appreciated? People will respond to you before they'll respond to the other ones. And that's what you want. You always want to put an ad in that speaks to a little higher caliber person so that you get to screen through those people.
3: But I would think you would still need to use those keywords so that the search can pull up on these websites. No?
2: Well, you include that too. Oh, I see. Yes, but you want to put words that'll catch their attention so they'll actually read through the post. I see. Yeah. And yes, I would absolutely put dental front desk full time position, but put the keyword, the buzzwords actually of do you want to be appreciated? Right. That's it, exactly. Okay. That
1: that brings me to um, a question I had. What sort of duties and quantity of front office staff should a doctor expect or have for his office?
2: So that really varies. The answer Mm -hmm. to that question varies based on the practice. And we typically say in consulting, 40,000, 40,000 to 45,000 a month in production is one front desk person. So if there's 120,000, you'd have three in order to keep up with all the little details that have to be done in a front desk. And as far as the roles, we tend to have the roles divided. They all work as a team so they can cover each other, but we tend to steer one person with a job description towards money and financial. We steer another person towards scheduling the doctors and another person towards keeping hygiene full, depending on the number of hygienists you have. I'm working in the practice now. They have nine hygienists a day. They have to have two hygiene coordinators to keep them full. That's
1: huge. It's huge.
2: Yes, it's huge. So you kind of weigh it that way. The division of labor over everyone doing everything. Because when everyone does everything, we found this to be true time and time again. No one does as much as they could do if they knew here was my lane. Mm-hmm. so do your lane and then help your co-workers right. but be responsible for what we expect
3: nice now one thing i didn't hear in those responsibilities was insurance filings who handles that it'd be the
2: money person okay mm-hmm. yeah okay. and then if it's a bigger practice there might be a special person just doing insurance yeah. and somebody else doing treatment plans it doesn't mean everybody can't do it in a pinch if somebody's out sick but right. you're the person we're going to look to if it's good we can give you a yay. And if it's not, (laughs) we say, what's happening? You know, what's going on?
3: (laughs) Is it still that insurance filing that takes more time than anything else?
2: No, it doesn't. It's a push of a button to file a claim. But what takes time is verifying. And there's computer software now that can do that right through the system for you. So there's ways that it's now much easier than it used to be in the past. But it's critical, especially with the advancing of PPOs that we know before the person comes in as close as we can to what their portion is going to be so we can collect it without that. Cause you know, people get upset when you're talking about their money. So you want to quote them correctly.
3: Yeah, that's very true. What about the, uh, you mentioned the software that will tell you what the uh, benefits are. Uh, you want to name some specific ones or are, do most of the dentists use those now? I don't think most of our clients do. Well, Dentrix has e-services
2: and it will give you eligibility and some ben- you have to go to the portals on some of the insurances to get the breakdown of benefits. But that's a lot simpler than having one person like we did in the past call, call, call insurance companies. Mm-hmm. Um, and even getting faxes, that's labor intensive. Then they have to scan them into the patient information. There's also a company based in Texas that's called Insurance Answers Plus, And they can give you a breakdown of benefits like in your computer, you hit an F1 or an F2 key. And here's the breakdown by employer. Oh, wow. But it doesn't give you eligibility, so you'd still have to do
3: that. So, what about the billing? Who does that? Your financial person? Yes. Okay. I and mean, when
2: you're saying billing, you're saying sending statements for those patients to have a balance. Yes.
3: Yes. And posting payments? Same person? The
2: Same person. Okay. And Dentrix also, and I'm not promoting Dentrix. It's wonderful, but there's others that are too. They have a system that you can, through e-services, get them to do the statement. So, that doesn't even have to be done by a team member.
3: Well, you know, Dentrix was by far the most widely used software for mm-hmm. years and years. But I found mm-hmm. that in the recent few years, mm-hmm. Open Dental has Dental. taken over. Yes. So does it also offer those same services or is it an add-on?
2: You know, that's a question I don't have an answer to. Okay. So I'm going to have to go get that answer. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, I've heard that it is an open source system. And so I guess you could get them to program that in, but I don't have any idea what the cost is.
2: Well, Open Dental is less costly than Dentro's just to start with. Yes. And it's very user-friendly. I believe they had some front desk ladies help (laughs) fix, you know, make it happen because it's just very user-friendly and it gives you the reporting mechanisms very easily. Okay. That's a good system.
3: And looking at the staff that are the team that a dental office has together. What kind of conflicts do you get in personality sometimes? How do you, what's the drama that goes in and um, on in the office? are talking about
1: nine hygienists a day. There's got to be some drama, right? There's always (laughs) drama.
2: You know, it's usually a team full of women, although I do have a practice now that has two male assistants, and it's really cool because there's no gossiping. There's no nothing. They just get it done, you know. It's really cool. Um, You know, the four behavior styles prove true in a dental office. You know, the driver, expressive analytic and the um, gentle spirit one so it there's bound to be conflicts because people don't understand that people do things differently and it's not my way so it must be wrong because we're just wired to think if somebody's not like me then something's wrong with them and so that's one thing I love to teach the dental offices and they're all so grateful for the information is here's your toolbox here's these four behavior styles when somebody annoys you look and see are they like me Or they annoy me because they're different than me, but they can still get things done their way. Mm -hmm. And I've had people years later come back to me and say, that was the most amazing thing I ever learned. Not only helped me in the job, but helped me at home too. And so you just have to be open because there's much drama. Every day there's drama in a dental Mm -hmm. office and people just have to learn. We want to be a team. We want to be, you know, parts together like a jigsaw puzzle. We don't want to be at each other because then our focus is not 100% on the patients. Then we're too busy using our energy to go, oh, I can't stand her. You mm-hmm. know? So I always tell them that's not fair to do the practice because while you're <clears throat> conflicting with her, you're not giving the patients 100 percent. And that's what the doctor has you here for. They may not like that, but eventually they
3: figure out it's true. <laughs> yeah. And what about staff meetings? How often should they have them? Should everybody have a morning meeting every day, once a week? Tell us a little bit about the meetings.
2: Well, the morning huddle is a critical piece. I believe every office should have that every morning. And, you know, I do, I have to be flexible. There's some things I'm not about, like the morning huddle, but I've (laughs) learned some of my doctors say, well, I got to drop my kid off. You know, I just can't be there in time for the huddle. And I don't want to change our start time for patients, which I so get. So then I have the doctor call in. It's not an excuse to not be there, but at least be on the phone so you can participate and listen to what's happening. And the doctor's the only one that gets to do that. Team members don't get to do that, (laughs) but you have to. It's just like with a football game. You know how the coach coaches the players, okay, do this, look at this, look at that. And we're ready to play. And that's the same thing with the huddle. We're ready for the day. So wherever there could be a potential roadblock, let's be prepared for it. So we minimize it. Okay. So huddles are important. And team meetings, of course, because I believe in communication so much. Once a month, many offices will do it over a lunch hour, make lunch an hour and a half. So they get to eat and we still talk. Some offices will do it at the end of the day, once a month. It's harder at the end of the day because people want to get their purses and get out the door because it's the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And so lunch hour is usually a good time, except sometimes we don't get there on time. So on that day, it's important the whole team work together, make sure we get to our meeting on time. Because if you have an hour and a half and you work, you know, 35 minutes into the hour and a half, you're cutting yourself short. And I believe there should be an agenda so everybody knows what we're talking about meetings should not be gripe sessions. It should be our hour once a month to work on how's our practice going? What can we fix? What can we do better? What can we celebrate and go from there? And everybody should contribute to the agenda, like topics to talk about. So we review how'd we do last month? And then we say, what could we have done better? Okay, what do we need to talk about going forward? And whatever we say we're going to do, we write it down so we can review it. So it can't just be, oh, yeah, that was a good idea. Gee, we talked about it three or four months ago, but we haven't done anything yet. So people should be accountable for implementing what we decide to do.
3: Okay. If you had one piece of advice to give the doctors on how to lead their team, what would that be?
2: Ah, great question. <laughs> um, one, <Just> So one? <laughs> be the example of enthusiasm, be the example of patients are the most important thing, and I will support you any way I can in making certain that our patients feel like they're the most important. They're the reason for our being here. So that means you don't go on the computer and play games in between patients. You, you go to, and it's tempting, I know. No angry birds. You go to <laughs> hygiene exams, even though you, oh my God, she's calling me again. I hear this. Um, oh, no. And imagine the office with the nine hygienists. They're always being interrupted. But, you know, hygiene exam is an opportunity for your future production. Mm -hmm. And so it's a great time to go in there and do what you can do. So go to hygiene exams timely. If the team watches you be timely with those things, they shift their way of being. If you're lackadaisical and you're kind of one foot in, one foot out, they start to be that
3: way. And you can't lead a team like that. So lead by example. Yes. Yep. Okay. Uh, Anything else you'd like to add for today before we end the episode?
2: Dental teams are great. They're giving people, they just want a little acknowledgement and get, in my opinion, you get the most experienced, upbeat, positive person you can get with energy and that person will give a lot back to your practice.
3: I think that's great advice for the new year. I appreciate you being here today. And Christy, you want to
1: Yeah, I think it's wonderful, Linda. Thank you so much for coming and, and talking to us today. And if you have any questions you'd like us to share on our podcast, please email us at info at eandassociates.com. Thanks, everyone. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye.
0: Thanks for listening today. Be sure to subscribe to Beyond Bite Wings on your favorite podcast platform. For more info, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, or reach out to us on our website. You can also shoot us an email at info at eandassociates.com.